Welcome to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast spotlighting women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the ways they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad that you decided to tune in. Our heart and our hope in launching this podcast is to begin extending the voice of Gather beyond just the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of stories, testimonies, inspirational content, and more that you and your friends can always return to for inspiration and empowerment. We will also be announcing Gather News, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. So stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. So our guest today and our very first one ever on the podcast is the root and heartbeat of Gather itself, our very own executive director and founder, Ms. Lauren Franco from the sunny Southern Orange County, California. She's a recent graduate from New York University, having studied human rights, public policy, and media communications. She's worked in numerous human rights organizations, including International Justice Mission and the A21 Campaign. She's traveled across the world to work in anti-human trafficking with refugees and other areas of justice. And most recently, very impressively, by the way, she started working with the U.S. Department of Justice. Gather was the seed that Lauren was intent on sowing into the soil of her time in New York City, always envisioning a space of welcome and authentic woman-to-woman connection. Her passions for community building, leadership, storytelling, justice, and simply making others feel heard has actually propelled her to continue fighting to do the work that we see her doing today, all through building other women leaders around her. We're so glad and so excited to have the opportunity to have her showcase her story here and now, sharing her journey, connecting with our listeners, and honestly memorializing the Gather Origin story for years to come. Please help me in welcoming Miss Lauren Franco. Woo! What up, girl? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I love your bios. I feel so blessed Why, thank to you. get to receive one. <laughs> thank you. Noelle's introductions are legendary. Let's just say, thank get you. ready, get ready, people. Y'all flatter me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So we are so glad to have you here. We wanted to do this for our listeners sort of as a gift to you and and honoring you as our executive director and founder, but also for our listeners to know and to be able to come back to why we do what we do Um, and who better to express it than the one who had this crazy idea to literally huddle women with delicious snacks and food in these NYU dorms now almost three years ago. And it has now snowballed and grown and been stretched into the beautiful gather that we all know and love today. So we really, before any and all of that, want to get to know you, Lauren, the person, uh, the brains behind the operation, so to speak. (laughs) And we would just love to hear you share more about your upbringing to kind of give our guests an idea of who you are as as a person. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited, first of all, just that this podcast is even a thing because this has been a dream of ours. Yeah. For years, we've put this on our little dream board yes. that we do every, every year at our dream meeting. <laughs> yep. Right, we have brown paper that we put up on the wall, and I'm like, what are your dreams? And then we, <laughs> we fill it in. And podcast has been one for a really long time, yes. so I'm excited that this is happening. Um, But my upbringing, yeah, I grew up in Southern California, and 
had a really sunny, beachy upbringing for the most part. Um, I went to an arts high school. I grew up singing and acting and dancing. I'm super extra and uh, <laughs> dramatic. Oh, so as my her parents former were like, roommate. how? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. No, I can attest that I, this is true. Um, and I, but I think really the heart of it was I just love to tell stories. Mm. And I had a lot of emotion as a kid mm. and was really empathetic. And I couldn't like hear a story without like it really just like breaking like a sad story would like make me cry and like for days and I was just like so emotionally affected Mm. as a child and my parents were like what is wrong (laughs) wrong (laughs) um and and then I started acting and it was like oh now it's my job to feel these things Mm. now it's my job to read a script and feel what the character's feeling and and emotionally um connect and I Mm. just loved to tell stories and put myself in other people's shoes and um, I went to, yeah, I went to an arts high school. So I, I studied musical theater. So it was a conservatory program. So we had real academic classes and then we also had our like arts classes. And so that was a super interesting high school experience because mm. I was at school from like 9am to like 9pm. Oh like my. it was just nuts. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? But, but like, I loved it. Yeah, I know. I loved it. Cause you had to just, you know, you were always busy, you were always doing mm-hmm. something and you really had to learn to like manage your time. You had to learn what was important. Wow. It taught me like invest in good relationships mm-hmm. young. Cause like time is of the essence. And so, um, yeah, I loved going to art school and then I was all set to go to NYU. NYU had been my dream school for years since I was like 10. I knew I was supposed to be in New York and um, we'll like get to the New York York part later, but (laughs) I super random. I'd never been to New York. I'd seen photos of it and I was like, I love musical theater and Broadway and I'm going to move to New York. And my parents were like, you've literally never been to New York. So (laughs) I was like, mom, it's fine. Like, (laughs) um, and I just knew that I was supposed to be there. And that dream was like tended to and watered for a really long time. And I applied to NYU and I got in and I graduated and I gave the commencement address and I was like, I'm going to NYU. And then I didn't. I deferred for two years and I was supposed to be one. Uh, the first one was just like, I just didn't feel any peace about going. And it wasn't a no, it was like a not yet kind of deal. And I ended up staying a year um, and retrospectively, like I grew up in the church, but I don't really, I wouldn't say I had a personal faith. I wouldn't say I had a relationship with God at all. Um, but I was just like really trying to do everything on my own and trying to make everything work on my own. And I ended up staying a year to act and I just signed with an agency. And so I stayed for a year and I was auditioning in Hollywood, which if you know anything about California geography, uh, Orange County is south of LA, but on a good day takes maybe like an hour and a half, two hours to get to LA Um, on a bad day, like three, three, three and a half easily. Yeah. Traffic, the worst, like actually the worst. No amount of avocados in the world could make that better for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, California listeners. I know all things that all we do in California is eat avocados and drink green juice (laughs) and do yoga and surf. You have to consume it. But, She's really like she's not she's not that wrong. Like, she's not that far off. Like <laughs> that's just a brief aside for our California and non-California listeners. Anyway, um, please don't get offended. Please don't um, protest this podcast. It will be nicer. Anyway, um, 
Anyway, so yeah, Hollywood was really hard. I was driving back mm-hmm. and forth. I was really lonely. All my friends had moved away mm-hmm. to college. Um, and it ended up just like really coming to rock bottom. I was really struggling um, with just depression and anxiety and just a lot of like self-control issues. And mm-hmm. um, I ended up just really getting to a point where I was like, what am I even doing? Who even am I? What am I mm-hmm. – kind of like it my grandpa passed away and I think that really was the the like kind of kind of moment where I was like what what am I like when I when I pass away you know what am I leaving behind and and where am I going and I think that really caused me to do this like deep dive into faith and I read every like faith text I could and read the Quran read the Bhagavad Gita read read you know a bunch of stuff and I was like what do I believe Mm. and what is God and you know is there a God and all this stuff and um you know, the, the gospel, the story of Jesus coming to us and making a way for us on earth and just love being the linchpin of all of that. Yeah. Um, and him saying like, actually, you never have to be enough. Yeah. Actually, you don't have to carry it all on your shoulders. Um, I am going to do that for you. And I, I love you so much that I'm going to come make a way for you was like revolutionary wow. to me because I was just running yeah. on this hamster wheel, trying to make my career happen, trying to you know, stay afloat and mm-hmm. for God to say, actually, like, you don't need to do that. Like, I love you and I'm for you. And um, no amount of running or, or trying to do is ever going to make you worthy. You already are wow. because I made you because I love you. Wow. So that just changed my life. Powerful. And then I went into, I know. And then I was like, fine, God, like, if that's true, <laughs> real, like, change my life, mm. do some cool things. <laughs> and he did. So, um, and then I ended up staying a second year because I had gotten asked to go to Rwanda and did some um, work in Rwanda, human rights work, and then was in Mexico and Berlin and kind of all over the place, just feeling really called and stirred to justice work and um, got really involved in the church. And just like my whole heart changed, my whole life changed, really. And so those two years were the most transformative and the most like just surrendering of what I thought I knew, what I thought I wanted, who I thought I was, um, into something so much better. And so, um, I think acting ties into that because storytelling Mm -hmm. is still a huge part of my life Mm -hmm. and always was. And I really, as I went into human rights and justice stuff, and even now I see that, um, thread woven in of like, you know, the way we tell stories and the, the way that we, um, get to elevate someone's experience, lived experience is, you know, the work of justice essentially and um yeah so anyway it's <laughs> a little of my upbringing well and I think it's yeah. cool that you you've captured it in different places I mean I of course follow you on Instagram if you don't follow Lauren on Instagram her content is fire <laughs> and something I love about the sort of I mean you're Every platform you're on, from your blog, The Lowdown, um, which I'm going to shamelessly also plug here, to your <laughs> Instagram, um, Gather is now another platform because you founding it, you know, these are all different forms of expression and storytelling. And I think you capture a lot of the seasons that you pass through in your life so beautifully in words. I would consider you a wordsmith. I think I'm also a fellow wordsmith. And I think that's such a beautiful aspect of what you're after in terms of justice and creativity words are such a powerful medium for conveying the effectiveness and the necessary nature of both to abide in a similar space so I absolutely love that um and I want to I want to take these these origins you just told us about in California kind of this little 
I guess this little incubator of, of seeing who a bit of Lauren was that we see today. But she was translated to a New York context next. You left California, you left family, settle back, everything familiar to you. And you literally decided to finally pursue NYU and make things happen. What was that, first of all, what was that like for you, leaving such a homogenous, familiar space to go to a city like New York to abide? You're not just visiting, you're not just doing a missions trip, you're not just doing temporary work, that's going to be your life, your new rhythm. What was that transition like for you? And then how was community a scary piece of trying to figure that process out for yourself as well? Well, you know, I didn't, by the time that I was like supposed to go to New York, so you're not supposed to defer for two years, like deferring also for those of you listening, who don't know, defer means like you got in, you have your spot, but you put it on pause for a year. So they hold your enrollment and they do that for a year, but two years they don't do. And then NYU doesn't do that. And I had, you know, mm. like scholarship, whatever. And they don't do that. And so they actually told me like, you can't do this. The day that I had to decide if I was going to go um, or if I was just going to give up my spot altogether. So I just got asked to go to Rwanda. And so I was like, do Why? I say no? Do I say yes? They actually emailed me and they were like, actually, we don't do this, but you, you can do it. And I was like, what? Wow. Like such a gift. So by the time that I was actually supposed to go to New York, um, I like that, that following summer, I was like, maybe I shouldn't go. Like my community was so solid in California. My church was amazing. I was like traveling. I was working. I was doing justice. I like, I was like, why do I need to leave? And, um, you know, I just, I like that still small voice, that, that little dream was just playing. People in my life that knew me really well were like, listen, you might hate it. You might, it might not be the place for you, but you will hate everything if you don't give it a try. And if you don't actually like take the leap and they just kept pointing me back to, I just kept seeing different stories and remembering things um, in the Bible and of people in my life that I knew were like this process of the journey, this process of picking up and going somewhere where you just have no idea what it's going to be like, but you're just on faith that you're going to be okay. Um, there's such formation in that. And so I knew that regardless of whether or not I stayed for like a semester or two semesters or like literally five days, it was going to be like just a process that built my faith and built my, built myself. And so I was like, I think I have to go and just give it a shot because I regret the things I don't do way more than the things I do. So I went and hands down best decision of my entire life, but it was really hard and it was really difficult. And I can't say that I just got there and it was like, Oh, okay. Um, when I landed, I felt like the most peace in my heart I've ever felt in my entire life, but that doesn't mean it was easy. You know, it doesn't mean it was it it was so hard it was hard to find community it was hard to you know I I find like other people who shared my beliefs it was hard to um navigate a city that is just so much all of the time and like I'm very extra but like New York is like extra. New York is <laughs> ridiculous off and the charts so you know you really it rubs against you people rub against you all day long you really have to figure out yeah. like who am I and what am I not where do I start and where do I end and put up boundaries and not have edges, not have, you know, that's different. Mm -hmm. um, that's good. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just the process of like actually coming to New York was, was in itself like a really hard thing, even though, even though it was a dream, I think actually taking that step of faith to go and to pack up everything and to come to a city where I literally knew, like, I, I think I knew like one person and we weren't even like on good terms. Like we, I just didn't know anyone. Um, 
was so formative and so yeah that was kind of the process of saying saying yes (laughs) to that you know and something Lauren when you and I first became friends a couple years ago one of the things that I remember God telling you is that you are a minor, like, and not, not like a child, but like throw back to the gold rush. Right. And, and as I'm thinking about this though, like you're from California, California gold rush, all the miners went West to mine the gold from the land. And like you did the opposite. Wow. You being California wow. born went to New wow. York. Right. And you mind people, you mind potential, you mind possibility and purpose from people. And I think that image God gave you, that beautiful metaphor of you mining the gold out of people, it has stayed with you. And it's a tough process. You're literally in the bowels of the earth in these dark, disgusting caverns, but your eyes are fixed on the goal ahead of you. God has given you the roadmap and said, yes, New York is the dig site. But I need you to go underground. I need you to go where people may not have been before. I need you to make some sacrifices to get to the hearts of people yep. for connection. Yeah, well, no, the minor thing that she's referring to. So I had, I was leading a camp a few years ago, and I, with these little, my high, some high school girls who just, like, blew me out of the water on how mature they were and lovely. But um, there was one night where we were in kind of the last night of camp, and I just felt really overcome and felt like I received this word from, mm. from God that said, you know, you're a minor. You, you see gold in people. You see um, kind of like unrefined, raw material, raw metal, raw um, whatever in people. And you want to go in there and do the dirty work and get it out so that I can use it. And I was like, okay, that's really random. But mm-hmm. but it very good. I feel like yes. I have, I do, I look at people and I, and that's, you know, part of why I do love justice too, because I just, I think there's so much redemption mm-hmm. in so many situations in people's lives but um but yeah he basically <laughs> said you know this is what you are and I looked it up and actually like being a minor is one of the hardest jobs and one of the hardest jobs and the most dangerous job in the world because you're literally miles underground like we read about him all the time just collapsing mines and, and whatever but it's also a really hard and he said to me he said it's a really hard job it's a really dangerous job yeah. but keep going um and I think you know, a lot of the time people don't want yeah. anyone to go in. And a lot of times to extract that material, you really have to dig and you really have to oh. go find it and you have to kind of sort through some of the mess and the brokenness and the dirt. And that's, mm. but, um, but yeah, that's been such a huge part of my life and story. That's so good. And Lauren, that flows perfectly into kind of what we're all wanting to hear is the origins of gather. So we've talked about your origins And from you sort of doing that heart and hard work on yourself, you now were like, where do I plug that work into community? Where do I start building? God has told me I'm a miner, but I'm also a builder. How do I build? How did, how did you build gather? Tell us all of that. We want to (laughs) know. It's a good story. It is a good story. So when I moved, um, I just, I love women. And, And at the time I had, I feel like I had just kind of come off of a season. I'd worked with our women's ministry at church and I was seeing women, like the power, just really knowing and seeing up close the power of women coming when they come together, when they believe in each other, mm-hmm. when they don't tear each other down, but they build each other up. And right. I got to New York and I was like, okay, I'm going to take girls out to coffee every week and I'm just going to kind of get to know girls and I'm going to build a community and I'm going to see what their stories are. And just purely out of just like wanting to connect with people. Cause that's just, Mm-hmm. I love people and 
um, actually, fun fact. So Noelle and I met the first week of school. And we did. Um, literally. I, I literally like, attached myself to her. I was like, hello. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> um, and I, <laughs> we, <laughs> okay, the first weekend, I was like, we have to find a church. And I was like, we don't have six weeks to find a church. And so I made an itinerary and we went to like five, like five in one day. Oh, we went to one at like, I was 10, like 12, girl. five in seven, guys. <laughs> the real thing that we did because we did. otherwise we're what are we gonna do go to one a week and find a church and like six wow weeks? like no so we wow <laughs> just already a new yorker oh, my god no. but no one <laughs> me. um anyway so i kept taking women out to coffee kept hearing their stories mm-hmm. and just kept hearing the same thing over and over again two two main buckets of that was one was um really broken relationships with women kind of growing up or even now Mm. Um, a lot of competition a lot of jealousy a lot of just like yeah brokenness around relationships Mm. with other females and two that it was really hard to find community here in New York Mm. Um, because no one ever slows down it is we're going from one thing to the next we are you know and and community things are usually going to let's be honest like a bar a club like mm. out in you know doing New York City things, and it's hard to slow down and have conversations about like what's really going on in our hearts. So yes. I'm like, okay, and these these were stories from girls that I met from all across the board, all different walks of life, faith background, whatever. Because so New York is very diverse, and my friends are very diverse. And mm-hmm. um, so I kind of had this moment where I was like, um, okay, like where is that? Why isn't this need being met? And where is this? Mm. Maybe it's in the church, and I looked in the church, didn't find it. And maybe it's a club at school, and looked, looked there, didn't find it. Looked all around, and was like, I just don't see there being a space cultivated for women to kind of share experiences, share in vulnerability. We're all in school full time. We're working full time. Where do you find women yeah. who really want to do life together, who want to dig deep, who want to have conversations about things that wow. we don't talk about? And so at the time, um, Noelle and I and a couple other girls were in a Bible study. We were meeting week to week, and I. I came to them one day and I was like, okay, what do you think about like, instead of doing this, we actually like our, like maybe our last week of the month, we do, we throw an event and we have, Mm -hmm. everyone know. we invite girls from all different backgrounds and we, crazy. we literally just like invite them into a space and maybe we write questions and we have them be about like what it's like to be a woman in in the city or what, uh, what our relationships are like or whatever. Yeah. And they were all kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, Where is but... this girl? Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> she was like literally like four weeks into knowing me. I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? But we did it. And the first event that we did, yeah. Noelle and I wrote questions. And we thought we like maybe five people would come. Like it was, mm-hmm. there was a blizzard. There was a blizzard. A, a foot. Like if y'all have never lived in New York City. Oh, my first We're blizzard. talking blizzard. Yeah. My first blizzard. I'm carrying like donuts down the street and there's like, <laughs> just wind and snow which is hitting me all over and I was like oh no um and it was SantaCon so there were all this yes SantaCon is when um people <laughs> dress up like Santa and they um <sighs> this was in the winter and they um day drink all day so yes that was going on so I was like no one is going yes. to this like there's gonna be maybe five people like 30 right. people came so yeah maybe a little less I don't remember it was just a lot of women in my tiny little dorm and mm. we made chicken nuggets <laughs> like that was the <laughs> choice I was like what do girls eat I don't know gourmet um, gourmet college gourmet we go all out um <laughs> but that night and that conversation was so 
ridiculous and so incredible. And it was women from, you know, all different faiths, women from all beliefs, women from just like who had come from all over the country and the mm. world. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And they were all like, when is the next one? And then Noel and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, I get there. Sweet. Next, next month. month? <laughs> <laughs> we just, February? We kept doing them and we kept having events. Yeah. We kept having different discussions and topics. And then all of a sudden we were making creative content and we were yeah. writing devotionals and then we were forming a website and then we were, had an Instagram and then we had a fully yeah. functioning team. And now we are all of a sudden a nonprofit. And like, I don't even know how that happened, but um, it just was so obvious that community is a need for everyone. We're built for connection. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that like, you know, I, I mean, like we're just not built to be alone. Like we're better mm. in relationships because you can't love by yourself. You can't like care for someone on your own. You can't be kind sitting in a room alone. Like you mm. have to have interaction to form who you are and you have to yeah. have connection and community to build, you know, a beautiful, big, wild, lovely life. And wow. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, like you deserve to have people around you who love you and challenge you and support you. And Mather mm-hmm. was started really out of a place of wanting to see these women come together and wanting to be those people for each other. Um, and now we have teams across the country and, you know, it's just like exploded and I can't, I don't even, I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm it started. I mean, hearing, hearing it back and just hearing you hit the highlights of how it all started I mean, I'm taken back to kind of, you know, in the other role of you approaching us as your friends that you just made when you got here. And it's like, guys, like, I think we could really do this. And I just remember that first night that we led the discussion and all of us, all hands on deck, having the dialogue, seeing women's faces light up when their stories got to be told or they just got to start unpacking something they'd been carrying all week long, you know, and it hadn't felt there was a safe place to put some of that burden down. It was... I mean, it was like the best Christmas gift. It happened in December and it was almost like this magical moment, you know, you know, when the girls all left the, the dorm and we all as a friend group were sitting there, we all looked at each other. We're like, like we just did that. Like what, what magic did we just stumble upon? This is amazing. We want more. Yeah. And to just see how that's expanded and grown, is just incredible. But for all of the loveliness, um, and I love how you framed it, like, you know, a wild and lovely, wonderful life. We need that community piece. Yeah. And I love how also you said New York is great because, I mean, there are people everywhere. You yeah. just have to start digging down deep. Yep. But there is that abrasive aspect, like you also said, and sometimes mm-hmm. abiding in community is tough. Yes. It's, it's really tough. When yep. people start unpacking their burdens or when people are not vulnerable enough yet to unpack their right. burdens, you know, and somebody feels overexposed or somebody feels judged, it's not easy captaining something like gather when you yourself are a leader doing that work, but you're also working with women working on themselves. So I want to ask you, Lauren, what challenges have you personally had to face in your faith and personal life while trying to maintain the vision of gather mm-hmm. and even friendships? Because the leaders you've called on are also your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, that's a great question. It's been, mm. it's been a really interesting um, journey with that because leadership is leadership is hard and and I think the really good gift about gather and the really wild thing about gather is that it was all of us doing it together I think I had the initial like hey what about this um but from the get-go like we were all doing it as a team so there was like a shared commonality of vision and mission but 
even so, I feel like for a long time I was the one kind of like pushing and pioneering and yeah. trying to get everyone on board to to keep yeah. going and to keep moving because it, you know, it, we were all college, we were all college students, we were all doing yeah. five million other things, and like to really commit to building something from the ground up is a lot. And so, so continuously having to have vision, continuously having to know how to cast that vision, how to not be how to not take it personally when someone doesn't mm. come to a meeting or when they fall through on something they're supposed to do um, and thinking like, oh, that's on me. Like that's because I'm not a good leader or that's because they don't respect me. Um, mm. And learning to like separate yourself from the work and just there's a lot of things that I've learned and that mm. I'm still truly um, as we go. But, you know, I think a, a big I think I would say it's the the best thing and the hardest thing at the same time is that we all are like best friends doing this together because um, leading your friends is just a tricky dynamic in general. But I think what helps with that and what has been the saving grace is that we know that this is such a God led thing. Like we know that this was an anointing put on all of our lives and something that has been so led by, by God and, and that we can't, you know, it's, I'm not just like, Hey guys, I want to lead you all and we're going to go this way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, we yeah. know we've been well acquainted with how this has impacted women. We've been well yes. acquainted with how this is a vision and a mission that we're all like called to and stirred to. So I think, yeah. you know, that's been the, it's been hard because on one hand we're all friends and I just want to hang out and want to, you know, but on the other hand, it's like also just the most beautiful thing because we get to build something together. And I don't know if any of you have ever built something with your best friends, whether that's, um, a, a fort, (laughs) even just a school project. Exactly. A a pillow. Are we like five? I don't know. A a Rue Goldberg machine. I don't know. I fifth grade shout out to my team. We won. Um, (laughs) if you ever built something with people you know that that there is nothing that brings you together more because you're having to solve problems Mm. you're having to move towards something together and that process brings you closer because if you think about picture with me listener if you will a triangle (laughs) you know you have that point at the top and you have these two sides and they're going towards something and as they go towards that they're getting closer together and so that's kind of what it is when you're in relationship in friendship with people who are also pursuing the same mission and vision is like you naturally get closer so I think gather has made us all so close um but it's also been you know just something that's so beautiful to watch and impact and see multiply and it's amazing so yeah absolutely well said Lauren I think that's absolutely hitting the hammer on the nail we've I mean chafing friendships chafe leadership dynamics chafe but I think, you know, the hammer on the nail. I mean, we're talking about building. What do you, you know? No, think about, (laughs) think about how you say that. What? No! The hammer on the nail. (laughs) nail. Wait, hammer. Oh my word. No, you're right. Wait, I'm wrong. Hammer Ed. Guys, we promise we are builders. We know what we're doing, just not at a construction site. Okay. Um, Maybe the nail with the hammer. Oh lord. Okay. Anywho, continue. Oh lord. But I think I think you encapsulated that that tricky dynamic so beautifully. Yeah. Um, and I think 
gather itself in its origins when we think about it it's not just a space because I think too as we've entered into this COVID crazy world in 2020 and we as a team have been spending the summer kind of thinking about the vessel of gather how we want to build this thing to last we're now a nonprofit. we're now an NGO we have our license and everything God has completely just yeah. just broken our entire thought of our timeline it's like okay well maybe it'll take us five years to do this like all of that right but gather is more than just a building it's more than just an in-person experience and I want to ask you like would you classify what gathers after as a movement and where mm-hmm. does your passion for justice and storytelling fit into that if gather is surely a movement wow come on um <laughs> yeah you know I think if a movement is defined by like a group of people going after a common goal. So there's kind of this like mm. in action, like um, posture that we all take, which is fitting because mm-hmm. the season of the podcast is called the women of action. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then yes, because I think, and I think, you know, you can attest to this too. We've seen momentum as we've grown. We yes. haven't seen like, Oh, it's gotten, it's like, it's, you know, gotten more chill. Like, no, we've, we've seen mm. it growing. We've added, you know, three teams this year, we are adding more this year, we are launching a clothing line, we are, you know, there's so many things that I think are just building and excitement is building and that is momentum and that is movement. And so yes, because I think, and I think I think about it too, as in a multiplication kind of effect, because when we have an event, and we meet girls, we bring them into a space, and we have these conversations, um, you know, because that's essentially what it looks like. Gather the events um, look like us going into a space, having we Noel and I write questions, we lead discussion, mm-hmm. it's group discussion, we break out into small groups, we always have dinner, we just love on each other, we get to know each other, and this is what happens across the country and different spaces and right. places. Um, and I think as we've seen, you know, those events happen, we've seen then those women form relationships with each other in the room, and that's the whole point: is that mm-hmm. someone look across the room. They hear another girl telling a story and they'd be like, wow, I resonate with that. Me too. Mm-hmm. And they would, they form a relationship. They, they have coffee. They are now friends and maybe wouldn't have been had they not come together. Um, and I think, you know, then, then they invite their friends next time. And then, you know, the same thing happens. So like, we just see this movement of women that are loving each other radically, that are not afraid to have these conversations that all, all of a sudden see just this like beauty and having a space of vulnerability and all of a sudden understand right. that actually when you can kind of cut, cut through the noise and just cut through the small talk, cut, cut the, <laughs> cut the crap. Um, and this goes straight to like the heart of yeah. who we are, what we're dealing with. Cause at yeah. a party, you know, you have to have small talk. You have to be like, so mm. what do, you do what's the weather like? How's your, cause you Good can't, point. you can't just be like, what's on your heart? Like, what are you going through? I mean, mm-hmm. I do that. I do that in the worst <laughs> I literally do that, like, at Halloween parties where, like, we're, you know, we're out at a bar and I'm, like, thinking about, like, your deepest struggles. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's what is your personal I faith? Play. <laughs> what is your theology? <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so we get to create that. We get to create this space yeah. where, like, that's the norm. And we are talking about these things. And because of that, it allows you that, that just, you know, you can have connection with people so much easier. So, yes, mm-hmm. I think that that – I think I would – probably classified as a movement and then with the justice piece um well yeah i mean this is our our series this season is going to be on justice but we're we're taking a different look at it we're looking at how we take it into our lives and how identity um shapes our ideas of justice and how perception Mm -hmm. and 
our you know bias and even some of our prejudice that that maybe we don't even know is there and looking at like really doing a heart evaluation um, and then doing a community evaluation and how do we have these conversations yeah. in our community? Because I think it all starts at home, you know, like justice mm. is, justice is pervasive. Justice is a system as much as it is a personal, you know, relationship and personal Absolutely. willingness to do the right thing. Um, but I think, so what I love about Gather is we get to, you know, mobilize women to do yes. this hard work, do this hard work, do this yes. community work. Um, and then eventually we do see there being like an actual justice piece together. We've talked about that from the beginning too. That's also been on our dream paper, our brown paper on the yes, wall. Yes, <laughs> our dream paper. paper. Um, <laughs> so we're, you know, figuring out how do we now mobilize our women into more action, into actual, yeah. tangible, you know, system action. So I would say that's, awesome. that's, that's how it plays into the idea of it being a movement. That's really great. As you were speaking, Lauren, I think too, over the years, we have seen, I mean, to be frank with our listeners, we have seen women come and go and, and battling their own life journeys, women who have helped, you know, volunteer and like serve man hours in terms of helping to build, gather and pour into what I think all of us as friends started out wanting to build. Yeah. And then things happen in that person's personal life that draws them away from the gather space or away from, you know, friendships in the gather space. Like the, it's... It, again, I think a beautiful metaphor for viewers and listeners to have is that minor. It's sometimes really messy. Sometimes things fall on you. Sometimes things fall down. Sometimes you're you're tunneling into a certain direction or pursuing someone and a wall is put up and you can't do anything about that. Or if you do, it's going to take time. Your tactics might have to change. Your approach or your proximity is going to have to change. Right. Um, and so I want to, you know, I think we want to be transparent as a now licensed nonprofit inwardly facing our leadership. We all do have a personal relationship with Jesus. We're Christian identifying. Yeah. Um, but that being said, outwardly facing as we build the community of gather, we want all to come and feel loved on for all to come and hear the voice of God in our questions, in yeah. our dialogues, in our spaces of meeting and connecting that's how this all started. It started with God planting a seed in one person and that seed multiplies, which is something God delights to do, multiplication. Right. So I want to ask you then, Lauren, knowing that it hasn't always been easy, especially at the friendship level, um, what is the challenge that you could articulate for us about Gather as a Christian-based team of leaders with a heart to reach a widely diverse audience of women, um, but you know, we have to stay true to the faith component of what we're building? Right. Well, yeah, what I would say with that is, yes, all of our team at the moment is, we're, we're all Christians we met, you know, doing about Bible study. And I think that that really does fuel what we do is this, like, lo- we just mm-hmm. have love for people. And I just want to also take this time, too, to apologize if um, you've ever had a negative experience in the church, if you've ever had a negative experience, even at Gather or with mm-hmm. other Christians, because you need to know that's not the heart of God. You need to know that the heart mm-hmm. of God is that you are seen and loved and heard and known. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter what you've done, no matter what you are facing, no matter you know what kind of lifestyle you lead, like he, he, there is no you have to clean up and come to me. It's just come to me, and yeah. that is what I love about God. Um, and in the same way, that's the kind of space we want to create with Gather. Is that there's no mm-hmm. it's not a church. It's not a you know, it's not a it's not a religious organization. We didn't we didn't um, file as one because I think 
I, our, our leadership is all Christian because this is something we so like, we just want people to be loved. We want people to mm. love. We want people to come into a space and feel it and know that other women support them. And the model we have of Jesus doing that is the best we know. And so that's, you know, why it's so easy for us to, to do this in this way. Um, mm. But yet we want the space to be for everyone. We want the space to be for um, any background and belief and upbringing. We say this all the time, but because I yeah. think too, like the, the fruitfulness of the conversation when you can have women from who grew up Hindu, who grew up, you know, without any, any faith tradition at all. And, are, and, and just, you know, like, so cool that we get to come together in a space and find commonality and find vulnerability um and you know we we do also we do plenty of other things um we write you know devotional content we do other things that if you do want to grow in faith if you do want to have that you know relationship with god we can also help you with that but we want gather the the events and the space and the the narrative and the organization as a whole to be a place for everyone to connect and to feel loved and seen and known and heard and so um that's sometimes tricky because when you do open up a space for everyone to talk and share Mm -hmm. you know people are very passionate about their own belief or you know they're they're and it's easy it's so easy to be passionate about jesus because he's amazing and wild um yeah but when that is sometimes like too forceful it can be a tricky situation because like we don't want women to walk into a space and feel like they're you know on the they're not they're not in the majority or they're whatever and so how do you navigate that you know you just have to be honest about where you're at you have to be honest about the fact that there's going to be different beliefs in the room and we're going to just listen to all of them with the same level of um you know admiration and appreciation and um so you know that's been tricky to navigate but I think the heart behind it really is just that women would would walk in and walk out knowing that they're loved and absolutely um, that you know does come from a place of us just like being so in love with God and, and therefore with each other and the design that we see in each other. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I had really broken relationships with women growing up, like girls that were in my Bible study, like essentially like just bullied me, like kept like did, would talk over me. I'd be sitting there, and it was like I was invisible. It was like mm. I didn't have a voice. Like I would say something, and it was like it just wasn't heard. It was like I was on mute. Wow. And they would spread things about me and just like, you know, it was awful. And so that brokenness really formed what I thought female relationships always were going to be. And now I get to help do the hard work of reversing that and healing that and providing a space for women to find healing in that. Um, So I never want that to be the case. Um, And I want Gather to be a place of restoration and refreshment. So it's awesome. And even to, for women who have followed us from the beginning to women who have only come to one of our events, but maybe it was a catalyst for calling that old friend, you know, and feeling a sense of empowerment in yourself to go and reinitiate that broken connection point. Like if anything else, I know for myself, as I've thought about my role in Gather over the years and I've seen things change and get shaped and challenges faced, the whole idea is connection. Yep. The whole idea is giving women that space for a night or for years if they choose to walk mm-hmm. with us yeah. to build yourself and to re, re-meet yourself. Maybe you've gone through a traumatic health event or maybe you've yeah. lost a loved one or maybe you've moved and now that we have global events online, you get to reconnect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like We're all living such dynamic 
uh, and diverse lives in terms of the stories that are being written over our lives. And so being able to have that space to do that work for yourself and get what you need out of it, that's the key. Um, And our hope too is that if if you choose not to, I mean, we hope you'll come back and be part of the Gather community for a long time. We'd love to grow with you. But if Gather was the catalyst in your life and you gained friendships out of it that are fruitful and full and blessings to you, that's the point. The point is, as Lauren said, out of her stories of broken female friendships and connections, it inspired her to chase down authentic friendships and to plug into something greater. So we, of course, always hope that for all of you. And so on that sort of piece of diversity, Lauren, um, when we're almost coming to the end of our time today, unfortunately... But how how would you say that you've seen the diversity of Gather leadership grow? Um, yeah. Is that something that's important to you? And what is it about Gather that you cherish the most that hasn't changed from the beginning? Wow. Two very good questions. Um, <laughs> with the diversity, I mean, I think our team has been really diverse from the get-go. Like, and I'm really proud of that. I think that was truly just all God. And I think, like, God bringing us all together because we were all friends and, like, there's just such diversity of where we all come from and our backgrounds and what we look like. Um, and that's just been a gift from the get go because I think I never want gathered to come from one point of view. I never want it to come mm. from one place of knowledge. Um, cause that's just so like limited that just limits everything. Mm. And I think there's such beauty in diversity and there's such beauty in diversity and unity. So mm-hmm. have something when you can have a group, that is so diverse, but so unified in what they're doing and where they're mm-hmm. going. That's like the most beautiful combination. So um, we've definitely seen diversity grow and that's something that's very important to all of us um, because right. you, can't, you can't pretend to, you know, you can't, you like, it's hard because you, you can't like love justice and believe that like injustice is mm-hmm. that, um, you know, one perspective and homogeneity is wrong and then have a conversation that doesn't look like that so yeah um I think that's always been a priority for us and always having different voices speaking into things is just so important to me it always has been so Mm -hmm. um we're working on it we're growing it and we're figuring it out but we never want to shy away from having the hard conversations of like this could look this could look better this could look more diverse yeah could have so many more people at the table where are they so yeah I think it's noticing what Uh, they're missing from the conversation and how we make sure that they're there because um, we want, if this really is a movement and we really want to honor that, then we want women from all over. And that's been a value from the, from the beginning. I guess I also want to add to like, how are we creating a space now, um, where if we have stepped on toes in the past few years of building, which any organization as you're building, you will, you do if people have felt like they had to clean up or they had to be something that they're not like, how are we now creating a space for people to call us out on that from the inside and outside right. of our community? How are we allowing ourselves to be receptive to that? Would you say? Well, I think, you know, we have to be able to hear, you know, if you can't hear other opinions, if you can't hear that you've hurt someone, if you can't hear that you've stepped on toes or you, you know, maybe weren't as like careful with with conversation or you whatever whatever it might have been um if you can't hear that without getting offended or without taking it personally or without making it Mm -hmm. about you then there's some deeper heart work to do 
um, been yeah. there, always there, but it's yeah. <laughs> all of us, especially when you start yeah. something from the ground up, especially when something's been kind of your baby from day mm. one, like it feels so personal. So it feels like sometimes yeah. when you mess up or when people don't like something that you're doing, it's a personal attack mm. and you really wow. have to evaluate, evaluate like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Is this actually an issue? Um, with me is this actually an issue with my character is this actually a leader or is it organizational and beyond that is it an issue or is it an insecurity so is this Mm, is what someone just said touching on an insecurity that I have that I didn't know I had that is just triggering something in me um that I actually need to go separate myself and work on um Mm. that's a soft spot and a trigger point um or Mm is it actually an issue that we do need to address? We do need to fix. Um, mm. Sometimes we're going to get reactive and it's not actually because there's an issue. It's because there's an insecurity that just got called out. Um, wow. And so I think that's been, that's been a learning curve for sure. Is like me learning, all of us learning, how do we hear things? How do we make the proper um, calls to change that? If they need to be changed, how do we, right. you know, amend and, and shift and, and soften and do what we need to do to make sure this this organization is really holding up its mission and its name um being a place and space for everyone um or what is like something we can kind of set aside because maybe that was even coming from a place of insecurity in someone else and it's actually wow. with the organization it's actually just you know so i think there's different levels to it and there's different um circumstance to every kind of comment or every kind of um piece of critique but you do have to be able to hear them. You do have to be able to evaluate, you know, where is this coming from? Where is it hitting me? And what do I need to do about it? So that's what I would say. It's really great. Wow. Literally like a punch in the gut answer with truth. I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. And that's something that speaks to our goal of authenticity always. And we want to also kind of with some wrapping up questions for you, Lauren, where do you want to see Gather go in the next one, two, five, ten years? Like, what's next for Gather? Do you think there might one day be a guys who gather? We've had that popularly requested. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I would say in the future, obviously, we want to see more teams across the country. A little tricky right yes. now. Season we're in where we are online and with, you know, regulation, we don't want to. We want to be smart. We want to steward this well, so we don't want to put anyone in harm's way. Yeah throwing these huge events and begin closed quarters so we're, we're navigating that it's hard it's definitely been a hard season to not get to gather in person for sure but we do want to yeah. see across the country across the world um, we have had international events and that those were someone just connected me with me the other day telling me that she had been to our event in florence who i work with oh and, wow like i'm confused so wow. like <laughs> there's such a far stretch of what this yeah. is right and so um would love to see just more and more women engaged with it we obviously want to bring in a justice element we are launching a clothing line which i'm super excited about because mm-hmm. not this like merch that's just like oh cute it is actually so purposeful so everything is a wearable conversation starter everything is made by a manufacturer that we partner with that um, employs women with a fair living wage coming out of some tricky situations where they are finding mm. work that can actually sustain them um, and not destroy them and uh, mm. it helps cultivate just community in that area as well so it's always intention to advance our mission so I love that I'd love to see that grow um, this podcast to be going on for 10 years more we're gonna be old little old yes we want to see yeah more women you know 
engage with this? How do we involve more age ranges? We are wanting young professionals to be involved. We want college students to be involved. Like, how do we do this? Yeah. So I think just, just more women involved, I think, is, is the goal and the dream. Um, I see our team growing. Our team has already grown this year, which is crazy. Um, yeah. It has been so sweet. So, you know, just, just more of what we're doing, more conversations, more chains broken, more vulnerability, more friendships and connections. I think what's what'll be cool is when gathers been around long enough that like people met at gather and they're in each other's weddings and like wow that's probably awesome. not too far off for most people but um <laughs> that will be um, yeah. i'm screaming internally we're all growing up life is happening and i think for one last hoorah of a question what is one golden piece of wisdom that you would give to the women of all ages all walks of life all stations of life that are listening about being, as we're going to talk all series long, being a woman of action. What does that mean to you to be a woman of action? Yes, I would say being a woman of action um, means knowing that you're better together than you are uh, alone. And I think mm-hmm. that like, like we said earlier, you know, people, you can't love on your own. You can't be kind on your mm-hmm. own. Um, for people around you to run with because um you're gonna get two things out of it you're gonna get stronger relationships and friendships and you're gonna get accomplishment you're gonna get vision you're gonna get inspired and I think um you know look at the strengths of the women around you elevate each other encourage each other call out things in your friends understand that success someone else's success is not um doesn't mean that you're failing and and success is not a pie so it doesn't mean that like yeah if you get more, I get less, right? That's just mm. a narrative that everyone's trying to sell to us, but it's not true. Um, run alongside people, encourage each other, build people up, um, do things together. Mm. Because I think you're going to find that there's so much more fullness when you when you do things with people you love. Um, Absolutely. So I would say being a woman of action um, means going after what you you know that you're called to, understanding who you are and what you're – what your passions are, yes, but also where your talent is and where the need in the world is for what you have to offer. Um, wow. Because sometimes just following a passion can be a little selfish um, because it's mm-hmm. just, like, I'm passionate about this, but it actually isn't like helping anyone or doing anything for the world at large. Um, and we can definitely do those things. But I think for overall, if we want to see action, if we want to see change, we also have to look mm-hmm. at how do we use that passion to serve the world and how do we use it to serve the people around us and encourage each other so that's what I would say um that was a really long answer and pretty like involved but I would say perfectly said together do things with other people um and love people well that's what being a woman of action means to me wow wow so good for all of you listening thank you thank you we hope that you enjoyed this episode this launching episode and of course Lauren being our wonderful executive director who loves so big with her heart. We're so grateful to have heard from you. Uh, We hope that this podcast blesses you and that this clarifies and puts an unequivocal exclamation point on what we're after here at Gather. Um, So we're excited also about this season and you heard many of the themes we'll be discussing in the next few weeks and months and we can't wait to start unpacking this stuff with you guys. It's going to be great. But for now women of gather and women listening in we love you dearly and we're so grateful for your time today and we'll catch you on next time yes we're so excited listen just tune in lean in 
we have so much great content coming at you and so many incredible women that we just love and got to just really talk to and we get to mm-hmm. we get to have you know great conversations with so i'm so excited for y'all to hear what we have in store we love you this yes. was so fun we thanks so well oh. <laughs> always my friend yes <laughs> see y'all next time bye to all our listeners thank you once again for tuning in we hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content Be sure to stay tuned for more of our exciting updates and gather news on our Instagram, at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for exciting season updates and announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place for you to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye gather girls.